Through the teaching and preaching of the gospel of knowing God, intimacy and revival, lives have been impacted all around the world listening to the man of God in Shua Jefferson Hayford. It's your moment. It's your time. Stay tuned as we bring to you the word of God, refreshing, inspiring, life-changing. And now, in Shua Jefferson Hayford, you are blessed. I think this will be on Spotify as well. I don't know. But I know we are gathered here as partners tonight. I want to especially welcome you once again. Um, a global partners special. And to everyone, thank you for all you do. Thank you for your support, your giving, and your love. And I pray that my God shall reward you and provide all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And let everybody say amen and amen. Hallelujah. And so I want to teach something quick. It's kind of a series, but I'm going to merge it. Part one and part two. I want to teach on the profoundness on giving what makes giving so profound what makes giving an eccentric part of the life of the believer and especially as partners what should giving really mean to us hallelujah let's open to the book of luke chapter 6 verse 38 luke chapter 6 verse 38 when we read that scripture luke 6 38 it says that give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet without it shall be measured to you again now this is a very powerful scripture and actually this is jesus this is coming from jesus hallelujah and Jesus is telling us that give and it shall be given unto you. That means that giving is what makes it. Are you following me? Giving is what makes it. Um, uh, uh, how do I put it? But uh, I want to put it in a certain way so you get it. It says give and it shall be given unto you so it is when you give that you are mandated to receive that means if you are not given uh, it, it shouldn't be a compulsion for you that you must receive it's a must for me to receive no it's a give and it shall be given unto you give and it shall be given unto you it's like we are saying when you do this this will be done it's like a condition a conditional clause so until you have fulfilled that part that clause i mean being given unto you should should not be something that should be mandatory for you yeah that means it is only when you give that you really have that legal right to expect that no, it must be given unto me. 
He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Then Jesus goes on to break things down. That you see, what to be given unto you is first of all good measure. Then second of all pressed down. Then shaking together. And then running over. That means your giving is the key to provoking abundance. Supernatural abundance in your life. This is running over. It says, shall men give into your bosom? Not into your pocket, but into your bosom. It's also believed that in the bosom is where life resides. That's why we have something like Abraham's bosom. And when you read about the, the story of the rich man and the poor man, the poor man was in Abraham's bosom. So he's saying that men will give into your bosom. That means that by your giving, what happens is you become a fountain. There's a fountain that is planted on your inside to begin to replicate results of prosperity, results of supernatural abundance. That means your giving has a way of unlocking you into a realm of prosperity, a realm of endless and unending receiving. The men will give, not into your pocket, not into your account, but into your bosom. That means you can give and somebody will give you just once. But now once that the person has given you is into your bosom. And out of that, you see that strangely, many streams begin to flow just from that, that giving. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Then he goes on to say, For with the same measure that you meet without, it shall be measured to you again. Hallelujah. Now, the measure here is not necessarily talking about the amount. But it's talking about how you give. How you give. It shouldn't be necessarily about what you give, but how you give. Hallelujah. How do you give? So the measure is talking about the consistency. Not necessarily the intensity, but the consistency. You see, intensity usually is once, but consistency is always. So how consistent are you in your giving will determine how consistent you receive. Listen, this is a law of the spirit. Now, mind you, you know, people that say it's a law, is in the Old Testament. This is Jesus speaking in Luke. Jesus. This is not in the apostle. This is Jesus. It's a law of the spirit. How consistent you are in your giving will determine how consistent you receive. Hallelujah. You see, tonight what I'm going to share with you it's not just a topic, but it's a truth. And because of its esteemed place in the eyes of God and the kingdom as truth, this subject has been attacked by many and trivialized by many, especially believers. And it's a sad thing. We, we, we fail to acknowledge and appreciate that 
this subject called giving forms part of our foundation as a faith. In fact, giving is the rock that holds our foundation in this faith. John 3.16, what does it say? It said, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. He gave. Now, you see, the word gave. Okay. Is the word didomi. Now, the word didomi means to bring forth, to bestow, to deliver up. And finally, means to minister. This for God so loved the world that he brought forth his only begotten son. He did not hide it. He brought forth. Not you being a partner who hides the money. When you hear about contributions, you are hiding it. No. Believers usually hide. No, he brought forth. He not says it's my only. He brought forth. His only begotten son. So you see, even from that scripture, you learn the reality of giving. That usually giving strikes the most when it's your last. It strikes the most when it's your only. Not when you have other options, your only. Now, if that's the case, then it means that in your giving, there shouldn't be any like excuses. Saying this is my only thing because actually it's in the only that God even gave. Not in the abundance. Now, the word give, as I said, give is the word didomi. It means to bring forth, to bestow. So, for God's love, the word that he bestowed unto us, his only begotten son, to deliver up, to hand over, and finally to minister. For God's love, the word that he ministered his only begotten son. Hallelujah. For God's son of the world that he gave. He gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. Can I tell you something? Our love is weighed by what precious thing we have been able to give up or to give out. Our love is weighed by what precious thing we have been able to give up or to give out. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, God is giving out what means so dear to him because of love. So, I mean, from this, it tells us that, look, our giving is a proof of our love. Listen, your giving is the proof of your love. We, we don't prove our love for God by words, but by actions. And giving is the way we prove our love. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you found yourself in a traditional home, you would understand what I'm saying tonight. When you go to these homes, these traditional homes, you know, Look, they, they give to their goals not necessarily because they are afraid of them. 
Yeah. And when you look at them, don't they don't joke with their giving to their gods. Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it is didomi to minister. That means to give is to minister. So whenever you are giving, you are ministering to God. Whenever you are giving, look, this thing called partners is a ministry. Is a ministry. Is a ministry. If you really understand this, you will not joke with it. You will not play with it. No, there shouldn't be anything like I'm being inconsistent. You know, I need to be reminded of my partnership. I need to know it's a ministry. Why must we beg you to fulfill your ministry? Why was this fulfill your ministry? It's a ministry. Just like what I'm preaching, what just like what I'm doing is a ministry. Hallelujah. When you read the book of First Corinthians 4, verse 1, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, as of the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. Hallelujah. Now, you need to understand that we are stewards. We are first ministers of Christ and we are stewards of what we call the mysteries of God. I, I don't know, maybe I might explain it. I don't know if time permits me. Can I flow? Yeah. We are stewards. We are stewards. When this understanding is imparted into you, huh? look, you would, you would evolve out of so many things. First of all, it says, let a man so account of us. Let a man so account of us. Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards. You are a steward. As long as you are a steward, we should be able to account of you. You must be accountable. You know, people have issues where you call them and say, have you given? Did you give the offering? Have you given your tithe? Have you given your partner? Why, why is helping me always trying to call me? What about my partner? She said, let a man's account. So it's fulfilling scripture. Let a man so account. But some of you, when your man of God is asking you, have you paid offering? You're, you're offended. Why, why are you asking me if I've paid offering? Because let a man so account. Why are you asking me if I've paid tight? Of course, let a man so account. I mean, nobody is forcing you, but let a man so account. As of ministers of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, remember, I said giving is a ministry from what we've just learned. So it says as of ministers of Christ. So it's telling that, look, the ministry is not just about, you know, the prayer, the word, and the moving around, you know, the preaching and, you know, working in the house of the Lord and all that, but also our giving. So it says ministers of Christ, you're, you're a minister because your giving is ministering to God. Yeah. Did you know me? And stewards of the mysteries of God. The mysteries. What's the word mystery? Is the word mysterion. Now, is the word mysterion? Hallelujah. Which means secrets. 
the secrets of God. Now, it also means the things that pertain to God. Hallelujah. Now, what is the relation between God and man? Can I show you something? When you go to the book of Hagar, chapter 2, verse 8, it says something. Kama sebrahates. And this is God speaking, oh Jesus. He said that the silver is mine <laughs> and the gold is mine. Sayeth the Lord of hosts. When we read the message Bible, it says, I own the silver and I own the gold. I own it. That's what God is saying. I own it. Now, if you understand this, eh, then you will not say, I worked hard to get this money. I worked hard this month. Do you know how hard I worked before I got the money? Do you know how I struggled before I got the money? Hey, you did? Fine. But God owns it. God is a true owner. He owns it. It's for God. And probably you are asking, okay, how is it for God? <laughs> Have you not heard Psalm 24 verse 1? You should know scriptures by now. It said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It said, the world and they that dwell therein. <laughs> it is the earth is of the Lord who, and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Those who project the screen, Psalm 24 verse 1, that's where we are. Psalm 24 verse 1. It said, the earth is of the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Do you know what it means? What it means, if I say they that dwell in. So in actual sense, it means that he owns it all, including you and I. So he does not just own the servant God, he owns you and I. So that's why when you go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, he cautions us there. He cautions you and I in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. And you can add a verse 18. He says something. He said what? It is my power. He said my power and the might of my hand have. He said that. He said that. Uh, uh, beware. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said beware lest you say in your heart. It's a caution. He said, beware lest you, you say, you, 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 you that I'm talking to, beware lest you, you say in your heart that it is my power and the might of my hand that has gotten me in this world. Yeah. Then he goes on to say, he said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day oh jesus that means you may say you worked for it but in actual sense he gave it to you first of all number one because he owns it number two he owns you now if somebody owns you whatever you do is in the name of the person so you may have worked and worked but it's god working for you you may have gotten the money, but it's God who got it. Yeah. And also, he owns it, not you. He even owns you. <laughs> so he says, beware lest you, you say in your heart that, oh, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this world. Who told you? 
he said he said look you shall remember the lord your god eh? for it is he who gives you power to get wealth if somebody if you hear me say i hear you i don't know if somebody is learning something i don't know can i can i continue i'm teaching good eh? okay and so when we come back to the scripture with this understanding first corinthians 4 verse 1 and 2 that is let them answer accounts of us as of the ministers of christ and stewards of the mysterious the mysteries of god stewards of the mysteries of god you know you and i we are stewards of the mysteries the mysterium the things pertaining to god the things that he owns we are stewards a steward is not an owner is a caretaker that means if there's a steward there's an owner god is the owner so we are stewards of the things he owns what does he own he said the silver is mine the gold is mine the wealth the money the riches we are stewards of all these things that means no matter how much you have it's not for you you are just a steward no matter how much you are being paid whether it's one city hundred cities thousand cities hundred thousand you are just a steward you need to understand this now the word steward is the greek word oikonomos that word means manager it also means treasurer treasurer now a treasurer does not own that the treasure that is keeping like you know in institutions we have treasurer or financial department so you are like the financial department yeah so money is coming inside but you are just the financial department that is trying to manage and regulate the money but you are not the owner if if like spend it anyhow and see something are you people here this is we are treasurers we are managers and we are stewards now with all that i've said right now it should teach you something that whenever we give it's not as though god is taking from us but rather we are giving back to god what he has given to us to steward and to manage so whenever you give you are giving as a steward to the owner so when god says i demand this from you it's not that god but you know it's my last money hey you are the steward he's the owner this is the revelation you must walk in and that's how you'll be able to step in the life of prosperity is somebody here yeah i believe you are learning yeah you also need to understand look giving is a kingdom responsibility imagine the part two quickly giving is a kingdom responsibility why is why <laughs> like how i'm teaching eh? giving is a kingdom responsibility and a universal principle as believers we need to understand especially as partners that giving as a believer is a necessary lifestyle yeah if you really want to understand giving look at god now you know we're created in what the image so if you have the image of the object 
the object is more real than the image. The image is like a shadow. Now, if you want to, you know, you have the shadow, you have the real body. If you really want to take things critically, you need to look at the body, not the shadow. Because the body will give you more clarity. You know, how many of you in those, I mean, sometimes in your room, you know, you can see it looks like a ghost is standing there. It looks like something weird is standing there with their hands open. And so you turn on your light and you realize it's just your clothes. <laughs> so at that moment, you, you were seeing the shadow. Sometimes you see on the wall some strange creature. You turn on the light and you realize that uh, maybe it's some half loaf of bread. That's just lying by your bed or just some cloth that you didn't really fold well. So by following the shadow, you may get it wrong. So you look at the real thing to see clarity, to get the realness of the thing. The same way, if you really want to understand giving, look at the real thing. The real person in question, that is God. Yeah. And when you look at God, you realize that, oh, how he gives every one of us generously. He gives us life every day. He gives us mercy. When you read the book of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, it says that it is of the Lord's mercy is that we are not consumed because his compassions fill not. And the Verse 23 is a very popular scripture that says, They are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. It says, Great is thy faithfulness. New, what? Every morning. So, and he gives this mercy. That means that God's giving is so consistent that it is expected every morning. <laughs> so, this goes beyond a deed, this goes beyond an act, it's a lifestyle. It's not a burden. It's not. A, it's not just an action. It's a lifestyle. Every morning, and people of God, that is the path upon which a believer is required to tread. Where you see, giving goes beyond a burden or just a deed. Giving goes beyond a feeling. I don't feel like it. I feel like it. Hey, do you feel like living? You just live. You just live every day. So, where giving becomes a lifestyle. I mean, thinking about it, lifestyle. Examples of things that have really become a lifestyle. Bad thing. I mean, well, not everybody really bad, but <laughs> but it's a, it's a requirement. It's a lifestyle. I mean, eating. Everybody at least eats a day. It's a lifestyle. Now, you find yourself doing these things almost naturally amen almost naturally you find yourself doing these things i mean we sometimes eat not even because we are hungry but just because we have to eat does it it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle the same way it's not every time that you feel like giving and it's not every time, every time that it's like you have, but you have to give. It's a lifestyle. It's the lifestyle of the believer. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can I can I maybe try to introduce to you some scriptures, and then maybe I can give you a much more structural exegesis. 
hallelujah yeah, tonight all i'm doing i'm just trying to plant a seed in you a seed that carries the purpose of nullifying our excuses when it comes to giving can i help you psalm 122 verse 9 niv i want to show you something david says something psalm 122 verse 9 niv he said that he said what niv right psalm 122 verse 9 he said for the sake of the house of the lord our god i will seek your prosperity When you read the Amplified Version, it says that for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. For the sake, for the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. I will seek the good of the house of the Lord. Just because it is the house of the Lord, I will seek the prosperity of the house of the Lord. What is prosperity? Prosperity is basically wellness. That the house of the Lord should go on well. Just because the house of the Lord is there, I would make sure that it goes on well. Okay. The house of God cannot go on well without money. We cannot do ministry without money. We cannot have revival gatherings campaign without money. We cannot have services without money. So basically he's saying, look, just because the house of the Lord, I will give whatever I need to give to ensure that it prospers. Beloved, why are you watching for the house of the Lord to go down? It's an error that the church should be going down whereas we have believers. It's not a matter of we have or we don't have. No. God never gave that excuse when he was giving his only begotten son. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, definitely God knew that you get everything back. Oh? Have you not seen to date people are not even trying to receive Christ? Isn't that a loss? But he never thought about that. So it's not about, I don't have, I have, if I give, will I get it back? I don't know. No, no, no. How? No, as long as there are believers, the church must not go down, it must go up. As long as there are believers, penial must go up. We must be able to I mean, finance everything. That's why we have partners. Amen. Amen. Yeah. For the sake, just because it's the house of the Lord, I don't really give my money to anything or anybody, but just because the house of the Lord, I would seek the good. Yeah. I would seek the good. When you read the book of Mark chapter 12, and I'm ending quickly, I try to summarize everything. When you read the book of Mark chapter 12, Mark 12 verse um, 41, it says something. It said that, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich casting much verse 42 and there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing verse 43 and he said unto and he, he, he called 
unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, the offering basket. Verse 44, For all they that cast in of the abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Now, even Jesus was taking off. Right? When we are in generation, they say, eh, pastors are taking off. Right? The church is the church supposed to be taking offering. Is, it, is the church supposed to be taking offering? Our Lord was taking offering. In fact, I was saying he sat over. He oversaw the giving. He is like the chairman of offering time. <laughs> oh yeah. And then he goes on to say, look, everybody did well. They gave out of their abundance. But this woman, that was all she had and she still gave it. And that's the greatest. That means that you see, you may think that what you have is small, or what you have is just what you have and that's it. But that's the kind of giving that speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. And so people of God, I just want to encourage us to come out of that place of excuses, which makes us inconsistent and very unfaithful in our giving, especially as partners. You know, and let's come into the place of giving because we love God. Now, you see, in all these things that I've just mentioned, it's a confirmation of what I was talking about earlier. We give because we love God. Love must be the essence and fragrance of your giving. Hallelujah. Love must be the essence and fragrance of your giving. From today, begin to make proof of your love for God through your giving. Let it be evident. Let it be evident. And never have the mindset that God is taking away from you. In fact, when you give, it's not unto the benefit of God, but it's unto your benefit. Because it's give and it shall be given unto you. God does not need your giving. You need your giving. You see, it's a principle in life. You cannot receive if you are full. I mean, think about a bucket full of water. And we are saying, please fill the bucket. How are you going to fill the bucket? But think about the bucket that is empty. And say, please fill the bucket. You can fill it. Now, think about this. A bucket full of sand. Okay. You know the bucket is full. And we have gold in another bucket. 
and want to pour it into this bucket, it's not going to be possible because that bucket is full. So we have to give out the sand so that we can fill this bucket with gold or whatever precious thing we want to fill it with. You see, that's what giving does. You see, what you have may seem so special, but you see, you are giving it up for something more glorious than that which you had. That's why it says, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Are you seeing it? Yeah. Yeah. That means whatever you reap out of your giving is always more than what you give. It is it always has a higher quality. Are we here? A higher sense of quality than what you already give. Never be that person that holds things. Release it. Especially when it comes to the kingdom of God, the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Love must be the essence and fragrance of your giving. And another thing, when it comes to giving, there is the place of obedience. There is a place of obedience. There is a place of obedience. And we must learn to be obedient, especially when God requires us to give. Don't be disobedient. Don't be the person that says, I rebuke this voice. Many of you, God speaks to you. This is what you have to give. This is what you have to give. Allow the Lord, follow the Lord, follow his heart, and do as he's saying. And I tell you this, that he will reward you. There is a blessing in giving. Hallelujah. There is a blessing. There is that which God wants you to receive. But it will only come by your giving. From today, I want to encourage you. Give your best. Give your all. Give something quality. And give because you love God. Not because you are coerced. Not because you are manipulated. Not because you are emotional. But because you love God. That is profitable giving. And I pray for you that you will be mightily blessed beyond measure in the mighty name of Jesus. And let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Wow.